Hello, this is Catherine, as I know I need to stop talking. Hello, my loves, how are we doing? It's Sunday, and the sun is shining, which is very exciting. It feels like it's pissed it down all week here. I know lots of you have probably been lucky enough to have snow this week, if you're in the UK. I can't describe how livid Beth is that we seem to live in the one part of the UK that probably in her lifetime has seen snow once. She is furious. So if you're out there enjoying fragrant, falling, beautiful snow, think of Beth in all her fury. She's livid with you. Absolutely livid. But yes, the sun is shining and it's just as well really, isn't it? Because I don't know about anybody else. I'm feeling it this week. I am feeling like 12, 12 months of pandemic. I feel, I feel we've done pandemic. I feel like I've got ticked pandemic level on whatever set of top trumps or leveling up I need to do I feel like it's time for time for something else and from the post that I put onto Facebook this morning it seems like I am not alone in that which is both sad because lots of people are feeling the same way but also there is a great I don't know what the word is assurance kind of comfort I suppose in 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 knowing that we're not alone and I think that's so important I think We've had this real narrative and it's a classic step up a lip thing, like everything's fine, everything's okay. And I think one of the most important things any of us can do right now to one another is actually, actually acknowledge I'm not fine, I'm not okay, things are really hard at the minute. We do a great job of trying to minimise our own our own tough times, our own grief. And, and, and it's understandable at the minute because all those of you who are out there working on the front line for our NHS in unbelievably tough tough circumstances and thank you so much for everything that you do all those who are living in abject poverty those who've lost their jobs those who have lost loved ones and it's very easy for those of us who who acknowledge our own privilege to to minimize how we're feeling but I'm not sure that serves anybody particularly well because I don't think it improves things for for those groups of people that I've just talked about but I, I sit here and I genuinely worry about the mental health crisis. I think I think perhaps the world is is sitting on the brink of. And and as we all know, with mental health, one of the one of the first one of the most important things we can do is to talk about it, to make it as acceptable as physical health, to to stand up and say, I'm not okay right now, and it's okay not to be okay. And as and when we're ready, there's loads of support and help available. But it's also okay not to be quite ready for that support, and just to need to acknowledge things are not okay with me right now. So if you're struggling, I promise you, promise you, you are not alone. And if you get a chance and haven't already seen it, go and have a look at some of the comments on, on the post I posted this morning, because so many people in the same boat. And let's not, let's not minimise how we're feeling at the minute. Things are, things are tough. Things are hard, hard work. And there's lots of, you know, there's lots of green shoots on the horizon. There's lots of positivity. My bulbs are coming up in my garden, which is the perfect analogy for all of the vaccination programs going on out there but you know you hear the numbers and I would be the first to criticize our government but I do think so far touch wood they they are doing a lot right when it comes to the vaccination vaccination program so lots of positivities lots of green shoots and and I think if you're anything like me it probably feels a little bit dangerous to start to hope, doesn't it? Because we've done that a lot of times over over the past year when we thought maybe this is it last summer, maybe this is it, maybe we've done, maybe, maybe the pandemic's over and of course it's come back with a vengeance. But I think just starting to listening to some of the positive sound bites out there, starting to feel like our amazing, brilliant, clever scientists and clever medics have have done the most unbelievable work in an incredibly short period of time. There are definitely, definitely green shoots out there. But in the meantime, it is absolutely okay. It's more than okay. I think it's helpful to other people to say, I'm struggling right now. I think that's that's not only okay, that's a really positive thing to do. So if that's you, I send you lots and lots of love and I, and I want you to know you are absolutely categorically not alone. 
And it can feel really diff- difficult, can't it, with the, the backdrop of a pandemic to feel like you have any sense of control about what's around the corner or, or what the next few days, weeks, even hours might hold hold for any of us. Well, I've definitely been concentrating on focusing on on the little things, little things to to make me smile, and 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 there are a lot there are lots of those. So great excitement sitting at at my new desk, which I told you about last week. Well, well, we have an update on the new desk because I now have a motherfucking pink chair. Actually, yes, a pink office chair. It makes me so happy. It's like a pink velvety it's it's just lovely it's just a thing of loveliness not only that we have wooden floors in our house and I didn't want to trash the room wooden floors at least that was my argument I also really really wanted an excuse to buy myself the most outrageously pink faux fur rug you have ever seen it is ridiculous it's like if the cookie monster got into a fight with a packet of marshmallows and it's a joy it's an utter joy I'm sitting here right now at my desk on my pink chair with my feet on my pink furry rug which fair play to mister I know I need to stop talking he's tolerated very effectively amusingly the cats are terrified of the rug really terrified all three of them will walk up to it have a look at it but they won't cross it like I could put a piece of chicken on the other side of the rug which would usually have them sprinting a la Usain Bolt to get to the finish line first they would all go round the edge they do not trust the pink rug but the pink rug is underneath my feet and it's soft and it's furry and the sun is coming in through the windows so there's 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 definitely there's those little things to, to make us all smile frankly I had a dream of Saturday night last night an absolute dream so Dry January, incredibly, is still going strong because I'm very stubborn. So dry January is is absolutely going going strong. And so, you know, well, I say that like I would otherwise be going out on the town. Clearly, I would be sitting in my house on a Saturday night, regardless of whether or not I was doing dry January. Just the difference would be in terms of the amount of glasses of wine I would have in my hand. So clearly, dry January hasn't actually made a difference to my Saturday nights. But last night, what a treat. So I, as I think most of you know, used to be an actor back in the dim and distant days. I've still got lots of friends working in live theatre and oh my goodness me, I miss, I miss live theatre so much. I think when I, when I kind of finished, finished drama school and pulled the plug on that career, it was always done so with a bit of a sense of, but I can still get my live theatre fix because I can go and I can watch live theatre and I can be immersed in everything. And I've still got loads of, of friends working in the industry. But of course, Covid has decimated the performing arts and the music industry. I mean, I I am genuinely fearful for for what post pandemic holds for that that industry with so many freelancers, so many people who will have seen their livelihoods disappear over the last few months. But what lots of the theatres have been doing is they've started more and more to stream performances, which I think is just brilliant anyway, because I think going to the theatre is expensive, particularly in London. I'm very lucky we live near enough to London that I can go regularly. I'm in the fortunate position to be able to buy tickets. But for loads of, of households far away from London or on lower incomes, you're just completely cut out of the joys of going to the theatre. So it's been a real delight to see more and more companies stream, stream live theatre. And, you know, last night... I paid, I think it was £20, which for me is an absolute bargain to see live theatre, and had Lester Curve's performance of Sunset Boulevard screened to my front room. And weirdly, it was exactly three years to the day that Jamie and I had gone to see it when it was touring, so we'd actually gone to see it with the same cast. And it was just phenomenal. It's my favourite, favourite musical. Unashamedly, it's my absolute favourite musical. And it was done so well, and the cast was so brilliant, and... 
it was just such a delight to see that that big element of my life that's been weirdly missing for for so long to see kind of live theatre coming to the fore and 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 hopefully making it accessible to to more people you know 20 pounds for a family ticket versus I don't know what you'd pay if you took a family to to see something in the theatre at London but with hotels and and trains or whatever you could be upwards of 200 pounds easily so I hope that stuff like that continues and it was it was a joy and it and it properly made me smile. So to everybody involved in that cast, thank you and crew and orchestra, thank you so much. It was a an utter, utter delight. Children had two very, very mixed responses to it, and I think I've said on here before that Beth um Beth has not typically been a fan of live theatre, despite the fact she has two parents who are actors. She's not been a fan of live theatre. One of my lasting memories of Beth's younger childhood was every single fucking show we went to see she would fall asleep you think I'm exaggerating I'm genuinely not I've got so many photographs of me holding Beth who's fallen asleep halfway through a show now in the evenings you could kind of argue okay fair enough because it's late and she was staying up past her bedtime fair enough when she was I think seven for her birthday she wanted her and Jamie wanted to go and see the Lion King in London so dutifully, I booked tickets. I was like, it's their birthday. We're going to splash out. I'd seen The Lion King before. It's a brilliant show. I was like, we'll splash out. We're going to sit in the middle of the dress circle. We'll go into a matinee so Beth won't fall asleep. So we sat down. We'd even managed to get... I, Mr. I know I need to stop talking to come along. We sat down. The show starts. It's phenomenal. It's really loud. Western Theatre, it's really loud. We're about half an hour into the first half. And Beth turns to me. She sat next to me. She goes, Mum. And I'm like, shh, shh. It's, you know, it's live theatre. Shh. She's like, yeah, can you, can you get them to pause it now? Because I'm going to have a sleep. I, I, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Life theatre, you want me to pause it? It doesn't work like that. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to have a sleep anyway. And so it was that my, my daughter missed out on her birthday present because she promptly, she has the ability to go to sleep anytime, anyplace, anywhere, promptly turned to her side, cuddled up to me, shut her eyes, was in asleep within about 30 seconds and slept through to the end of the curtain call. So never take Beth to the theatre, is my advice. She manages to stay awake through through shows right now, but she's she's no more impressed. So Jamie watched it with me last night and, and he's great. He'll watch anything and, and he really enjoyed it. And Beth had been wandering in and out of the room and clearly wasn't massively engaged. So I said to her at the end, I said, what did you think of that? And she was like, I didn't like it. And I was like, okay, well, 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 what was your favourite bit? And she thought for a moment and she looked me straight in the eye. She went, my favourite bit was right just then when it came up and it said the end. I mean, she's brutal. She's brutal. So yeah, don't don't take Beth to the theatre anytime soon. So that was last night. So that was, a, that was a delight. And we've been doing, I think I've said before, we've been doing loads of walking as well because it's great way to, obviously to get exercise, keep fit. It's so good for your mental health, just getting outside, even on a really shitty, pissy day, which let's be honest, it's January. There are more shitty, pissy days than not. But I went out with the with the children yesterday afternoon, um, which was which was as random a delight as always, because they talked about anything and everything. I will come on to our primary conversation topic shortly. We um we passed there, we were walking through the town and we passed a lady who was out running with her her little girl and I mean they were going great guns like this little girl must have been about four and she was running much faster than I could get anywhere close and they walked past us and (laughs) Jamie's there with us and he's like run Forrest run well I think Jamie thought he said this a little bit quieter than he did because not only did everybody in the vicinity turn around to have a look so did the lady running thankfully she laughed if that was you I'm really sorry I I don't know what's wrong with my son I, I shall beat him beat him later 
But we, we talked about anything and everything as we, as we always do. And, and delightfully, because what doesn't make a walk a real treat than, than this, our primary conversation topic was poo, which I suppose with two children is not entirely a, a surprise. But, but we, we got on to talking to the most ridiculous, embarrassing things the kids had done when, when they were little. And I realised I had not one, not two, but three stellar poo stories between the two of them, which which they laughed at and agreed agreed that I could share. And I, I've shared these over the years on the blog, obviously a long, long time ago. But I thought if somebody needed a smile on this on this sunny Sunday, perhaps one of our poo stories, as we as we shall refer to them, might might just might just bring a smile to your face. So so I have three three poo related stories, and I think every parent does have good poo related. So I mean there are more than this. There was the time when um, we were potty training Beth, and we were at my in laws' house, and we were just getting ready for dinner, and we were all stood around the dining room table, and Beth suddenly sidled up to me and placed something in my hand. It was a poo. She'd put a poo in my hand. That was nice. Uh, so there, there are many, many stories, but these are these are probably in no particular order. These are probably the top three. So the first one was Jamie was must have been very little because it was before Beth was born. So I think he must have been about two, probably. And I had arranged to go out for the evening, which those of you with young kids or have had young kids in the past, you you know what that's like. It's like on a rarity with I don't even know what the excitement of, oh, my God, I'm going to leave the house for the evening and watch something other than CBeebies. The excitement. So I was meeting up with with three girlfriends. We were going down just to the local pub. It was nearly Christmas. I was feeling all festive. Mr. I know I need to stop talking was coming back from work on time. So it was always going well. And so I'd gone upstairs. We had we were in our old house at the time, and we had a we had a large loft conversion with a with an ensuite. And I had put Jamie into the bath with a very little bit of water. And I always worry when I tell this story that people think I'm an irresponsible parent. So I must I must confirm the health and safety setup of this scenario. So he was in the bath. I was in the main room. The door to the bathroom was was open. I, I, he was splashing around and chatting in the bath, so I could hear him. I was straightening my hair, but for health and safety enthusiasts, the wire from the hair straighteners was not long enough to reach into the bathroom and fall into the bath. I always feel the need to over-explain myself when I tell that story, even though it's like now over 10 years on, I clearly still have still have the concern. So I was keeping an eye on him. He was happy as Larry, splashing around in the bath. All was well. So I'd done my hair, I'd done my makeup, I was just putting the finishing touches, I put on a nice outfit, and you know the excitement, right, when you haven't been out. I mean, to be fair, I went to the dump yesterday and probably had the same level of excitement as I did on, on that night out, which tells you all you need to know about my lockdown social life. Same for all of us, right? And so I was just putting the finishing touches when my stepdaughter arrived, and she must have been, I uh, don't know, maybe about 12, 13 at the time. Um, she'd arrived, and she'd been dropped off by her mum, and she came upstairs to say hi. And she said, oh, where's Jamie? And I said, oh, he's in the bathroom. Go go and say hi. And finishing off my hair, looking great, just getting my shoes out, sparkly shoes. I'm like, yes, it's going to be an amazing night. I just need to go downstairs, have a glass of wine. Mr. I know I need to stop talking. He's going to come home. And then, then night out. Can't wait. Party time. And my stepdaughter went into the bathroom and then she walked very quickly back out again. And she was like looking at me and she was like trying to suppress laughter. And I was like, you're right. She was like, have you been in it? Have you seen what's in there? I could still hear, you know, I could hear Jamie the whole way through. I was chatting to him so I could hear he was absolutely fine. In fact, he sounded like he was having the time of his life. And I said, no, is is everything all right? She said, you need to go in there. So imagine, if you will, the scene as I put down my hair straighteners. And in my beautiful top with my beautifully straightened hair and my lovely sparkly makeup, I walked into the bathroom. I was met with what I can 
only describe as the world's dirtiest protest. Yes, Jamie, then aged two, had, as kids often do at that age, taken a shit in the bath. In the absence of any parent telling him, don't play with your poo, Jamie, that's weird, he had desecrated my bathroom, my bathroom floor, my bathroom walls, and himself. He had smeared poo over his body, into his hair, onto the tiles of the bath, thrown it around the room. I I cannot describe what my bathroom looked like or how bad it smelt. I mean, dear God. And I'm pretty strong-stomached, and when you have a kid, you become even more strong-stomached again. But there are some things even I bulk at. So I, I, and I was like looking at him, and he's like laughing his head off, going, Mummy, Mummy, having the, the greatest, yeah, greatest of his life so I, I walked up there and it's one of those times that I was thinking oh god I really want to be able to pass this off to the other parent but mister I know I need to stop talking we're still at work and so it was left to me to remove my my sparkly shoes and scrape my beautifully straightened hair up into top knot and try not to vomit as I painstakingly cleared up every last smear and nugget of excrement and then rewashed the rewashed the culprit himself yeah, that was that that was a treat. That was a that was an absolute treat. So that was poo story number one. Poo story number two came when Beth was a little baby, and so Jamie would have been three probably now. The scene of this crime is once again my ensuite in the old house. To the people who bought that house, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Hopefully you you know you you know none of this will will, will ever cross your mind that it happened, but geez, it was grim. So scene was the bathroom and I'd taken Beth into there to change her nappy and I'd laid her onto the changing mat and was just doing her nappy and getting a change and Jamie had come in because he was, he loved babies, still loves babies and he was quite fascinated and also I was saying to him, oh you know, go and pass me a clean nappy, go and pass me a, a nappy bag and getting the wipes out. So I got the nappy off Beth and I sort of started cleaning her up, put it into the, and then I turned around I think to put the wipes in the nappy bag. And as I turned around, I heard from Jamie the the <laughs> the infamous words, "My God, Beth, what have you done?" And as I turned back round, like in slow motion, Beth had basically let loose with round two on the poo front, which was erupting out of her like lava. Jamie stood there like a gog with a mixture of horror and awe. And as we both watched. Beth shoved her hand down between her legs, grabbed a great big handful and rammed it in her mouth. So that was delightful. And I'm betting now there's not a parent out there amongst us who hasn't at least once Googled what happens if my baby eats poo? Because let's be honest, they all do it, don't they? Grim little things that they are. So yeah, that was that was number two. I think Beth became like Jamie's new idol that day. You could see him walking around with a newfound respect for her after that. But my, my absolute favourite, can you have a favourite Grim Poo story? Well, if I have a favourite Grim Poo story, it's, it's probably this one. And this one was chronicled on the blog at the time. And I seem to recall went, went fairly viral way, way, way back before the blog was on Facebook or anything. Um, so we were potty training Jamie. So he would have been, well, he would have been three because I remember it well because I was pregnant with Beth. And the reason I remember that is after this event, I was unable to drink wine to get over the whole experience. So that's why I remember it very well. So we were we were potty training Jamie. So we put him to bed and we had the baby monitor on. And we heard him over the baby monitor going, Mummy, Daddy, Mummy, Daddy, I need a poo. I need a poo. So great. It's really good that he was recognising that. So I went upstairs to the loft and um, put him, you know, got him out of bed, put him on the potty. He did a poo. Brilliant. Well done. Good lad. Put a clean nappy on him, said goodnight, came downstairs. 
20 minutes later. Mummy, Daddy, I need a poo, I need a poo. I was like, what? You just had a poo, just a massive poo. And it, and it was at, at risk of too much information, although I feel we may have already crossed the TMI line. All these poos were like perfectly healthy. It was a perfectly healthy poo. So I was like, really? And he, and he kept yelling. So I sent Mr. I know I need to stop talking up upstairs. I was like, oh, in your turn. So he went upstairs and came out downstairs about 10 minutes later. And I said, did he need a poo? Because I thought, you know, maybe he's trying that trick. Young kids do. Get your parents to go up. This is great crack. He said, no, 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 he had a poo. So he'd gone to the, gone to the toilet. He'd, he'd, he'd had his poo, put a nappy back on. Okay, fine. 20 minutes later. Mummy, daddy, I need a poo. I need a poo. I was like, you are having a fucking laugh. And we wait a little bit longer because maybe he's trying it on. Wait a bit longer. No, he's still shouting. I'm like, okay, it's my turn. My turn. I'll, I'll, I'll go up. I'm like, Jamie, you don't need a poo. He's like, I do. Take him over to the potty. He does another poo. So this is, we're on poo three now. I, I feel we need to keep a running tally tally chart on this conversation. Um, he's on poo three. He has a poo. I'm like, oh, he did. He's like, yeah. So he, we again, put the poo into the toilet, put the put clean nappy on. He gets back into bed. And he's like, I need another poo. I'm like, by this point, I'm not speaking to him. I'm like, what do you mean you need another poo? He's like, tell you what, you can watch. Oh, great. Thanks, son. This is how to spend a wild Wednesday night. He said, I'll get you your book. So he went, he got me, got me my book. I sat on the end of the bed with my book. He sat in potty. He produced another poo. We're on poo number four at this point. I'm sitting there shaking my head going, I don't even understand how this is happening. He stands out, he's like, I've done another poo. I'm like, yes, good, good, well done. Lots of praise, important. Jamie's potty training journey was a long, long one, particularly the infamous night when he told me he needed a wee, then stood in the potty and wet himself standing up in his potty that was that was a high anyway so poo number four I'm like okay and, and then he goes to me he goes I'm, I'm gonna put it in the toilet and I'm thinking okay this is really good this is good independence good for him to have have independence so I'm like okay fine I said be careful he said I'm gonna be careful so we're in the in the in the bathroom he walks across the bathroom with the potty he slips the potty upturns and the poo goes flying who knows where the poo is lost i'm looking around i'm like where the fuck's the poo where's the poo where's the poo he's like i don't know where the poo is i'm like where's the poo where's the fucking poo my bathroom's quite small i'm like how can you lose a poo so i'm searching around the bathroom for this for this rogue poo that i've just seen fly across the room like some kind of baseball games going on with shit and i'm i'm searching I'm, i've got my i've got my head underneath the cistern going, where, where the fuck is the poo how can I lose a poo thinking I can't go downstairs and tell Mr. I know I need to stop talking I've lost the fucking poo searching around then from behind my back I hear Jamie I need another poo I'm like I if I get up right now I'm not going to be accountable for my actions fair play to him though sits down on the potty he has another fucking poo he walks over with the poo in the potty and a wee which will become relevant in a moment he slips on a patch of his own piss from the previous potty and he hurls the potty with a poo, another poo, a fifth poo, another fucking poo and the wee into the air and the poo lands in the middle of my back. And there's a little moment of silence at that point while I wonder what the fuck has happened to my life. And then this little voice pipes up. There are we as well, mummy. No fucking shit, son. No fucking shit. I think that was about the point when I really started debate debate why people referred to potty training as quite such a good thing. 
so yeah so those are those are our happy happy pooing stories you'll be pleased to know the rogue poo was eventually found took me about 20 minutes to find it but it had gone right down the back of the cistern and what even is my life tell me this shit happens to other people please tell me it's not me i yeah that is that is one of our yeah one of our one of our happy happy family family memories happy family memories so I hope some of those have brought perhaps a smile, smile to your face. As I say, it's about finding the little moments of happiness, I think. We are, we're heading off walking. Well, Jamie and I are going to head off walking again this afternoon because the sun is out. And I have purchased a sweatshirt for Jamie, a hoodie for Christmas, which says on it, we'll walk for camembert. Because I've discovered with teenage boys, it's really effective. You, you drag them out on a walk with the promise of a food they really like at the end of it. And I've mentioned before on here how much I fucking hate cheese and particularly how much I fucking hate stinking cheese. And camembert is one of the worst stinking cheeses of the lot. I have a particularly, whatever the opposite of fond is, that's what I have. It's not a fond memory. It's the reverse of a fond memory of my best friend, James, who's a children's godfather, coming to stay few years ago now and he is also a great fan of stinking cheese it might be where jamie gets it from to be honest from having spent too much time with his godfather and stinking cheeses and he had come down to stay and we'd had far too much to drink and had loaded up the dishwasher and i'd left james in charge of loading the dishwasher which was a terrible terrible error in hindsight got up the next morning and the whole fucking house stank it was like a drain a drain full of dead rats had exploded in there i was like what the fuck is that opened the dishwasher yeah james had managed to put the remnants of the fucking camembert in the dishwasher on a boil wash if you've ever wanted to know what hell smells like i suspect it is boil washed camembert emanating around your house that was that was horrific so i will be making jamie wear his will walk for camembert hoodie i will go the extra mark as such as a mother's love that I will cook him his camembert when he gets home but if he puts that fucker into the dishwasher it is game over it is game over so yeah we're gonna be off walking and then Beth has an interesting activity for me this afternoon which she mentioned it in passing and I kind of just ignored her because she's prone to random whims of fancy but she's kept mentioning it ever since so I feel like this is something I will not be able to get out of Beth said to me last night, she's getting into bed, so tomorrow afternoon we can recreate the family photos. And I went, ha ha ha, yeah, what? She said, we can recreate the family photos. I, I said, I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. And she looked at me like I was an idiot and said, mum, the ones we're not in, we'll recreate them so we can be in those photos. So I don't even fucking understand really what's going to happen to me this afternoon, but with Beth at the helm, you can assure, if nothing else, it will certainly be utterly fucking random. Have lovely Sundays. Have lovely weeks if you're listening to this in the week. Look after yourselves. Take care. Don't be afraid to speak up and say things are a bit tough right now. There are green shoots. Things are going to get better. We are going to get there. But it still feels like a bit of a fucking slog at the moment. And I totally get that. Look after yourselves. Lots of love. Stay safe. Take care. Bye bye.